0: Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from CuriousCast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best, Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. A loved one dies and you find out you're not getting your fair share of the estate.
1: When it happens to you, it's truly really traumatic. I see people 50, 60 years of age just bawling their eyes out in my office that they've been disinherited. And it's not so much they didn't get the money, they sort of equate their lack of money with lack of love. Should you be allowed to contest
0: the will? I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why.
1: You know, if you ever want to have a, an interesting and lively dinner party, just bring up the wills variation action and uh, ask your guests. You know, do you think somebody should be able to challenge a will and on the basis that a child wasn't provided for adequately enough when the kids are like fifty and sixty years of age? And you'll get half the guests like practically shouting at each other, <laughs> like, "Yes, no, yes."
0: Trevor Todd is a lawyer with disinherited, and he's right. It's a really controversial subject. Something that no one seems to agree on.
1: I think the children and family should be allowed to contest a will. I do not believe that they should be contested. The parents did a will for the reason. And if that's what it is, that's okay. Unless they're totally mentally incapacitated and they leave all their money to 20 cats.
2: You know,
0: it's funny because I can vividly picture the dinner party scenario that you described and you're absolutely right. It's something that is so contentious because you're talking about the issue of fairness and that's so gray. It is not a black and white issue by any means. What is fair? What is fair to the person who wrote the will and what is fair to the people potentially
1: inheriting from their parents? Absolutely. When you go around the world, most countries you have to provide for your children. Most people don't have a wills. It's by statute that the spouse gets so much, the children get so much. So it's just this British uh, Commonwealth that has this testamentary autonomy and uh, the notion that, you know, it's my money, I can do what I want with it.
0: And basically all Canadian estate law adheres to that mentality, with the exception of one province. In British Columbia, the law that's been on the books for about 100 years states that a non-dependent adult child or spouse can dispute a will if they're not adequately provided for. In other provinces, you can dispute a will if you're a dependent of the person who passed away. So in B.C., an adult child who's cut out of the will or not sufficiently provided for can file for legal action within 180 days under the Wills, Estates and Succession Act. And it's possible that the judge will rule in their favor, paying them out far more than the original will provided, giving them something the deceased never intended to.
1: You see, in British Columbia, probably most people would think that's a just result. But... Across Canada, that's not necessarily the case. I've been through this before, and I've you know I've gotten letters after being on the media talking about these types of cases where, why should anybody on the right? To- I said them, I them, you know, all this sort of stuff. Why can they contest my will? But that's the law we've had here, and quite frankly, I think it's very very fair. It's not everybody likes this law. I mean, you know, a lot of lawyers even just think it's terrible. I draw this will, and then you come along and get a court to vary it, but. When it happens to you, it's tr- really traumatic. It's just people, I, you know, I, I see people 50, 60 years of age just bawling their eyes out in my office that they've been disinherited. And it's not so much they didn't get the money. They sort of equate their lack of money with lack of love, mm-hmm. lack of, you know, recognition.
3: My sisters and I, we never knew what was in our parents' will. And when each of us, saw that was in the world, we were really disheartened because we'd struggled our whole lives for fairness and were hoping that at this point there would be some fairness. And there wasn't.
0: Meet Amar Litt. Hers is a really fascinating and frankly wild story of what can happen when a will isn't divided fairly. Amar is one of six siblings. She has three other sisters and two brothers. Their parents came to Canada in 1964, and they started a farm in BC's Lower Mainland. The whole family worked hard on the farm, and over the years, it became a successful business. When her parents passed away, the estate was worth over $9 million after tax. Imagine her surprise when she learned that her two brothers would be collecting more than 93% of that $9 million estate, leaving the four girls to split the remaining 6.5%. Their case went to the BC Supreme Court. The judge decided the daughters were right, the will was unfair and they were each awarded $1.35 million. The sons got slightly more as the judge did take into account the parents' wishes. They each received $1.8 million. The lawyer that you've been hearing from in this podcast, Trevor Todd, he was also the lawyer who represented Amar
1: and her sisters. One of the reasons I took the case it is in my 45 years of practice, I've never, ever had uh, Indian women go ahead and proceed with a the claim. They've come to see me, but they've never proceeded with the claim. It's just too much cultural and family pressure for them to do so. It's very, very difficult for them to do so. Tremendous pressure on them. It's not just Indo- canadians uh, all Southeast Asian women uh, are in the, much the same position, and I venture to say there's other cultures as well. But um, yeah, this was a traditional Indian family that where the parents essentially believe that the wives are married off. They get a dowry, and here they got somewhere between fifteen and twenty five thousand dollars. Three of them did. And then the boys inherit the land and the and the assets. So, that was our prevailing argument, is that it was just contrary to the public policy in Canada. My clients had somewhat altruistic reasons for taking the case. It wasn't just that they thought it was tremendously unfair to them, which it was, but they wanted to show that to other women in their community that they can stand up for themselves and challenge wills by parents. And you know, they, they were very clear about that with me right from day one. Um, and that's why I'm repeating it for, for you. There's a lot of Southeast Asian women in particular that just get the short end of the stick.
0: Coming up later in this episode. My sisters
3: and I really, really hope that it inspires other women and other people that are discriminated against to, despite the fact that uh, it is
0: not an easy thing to go through to, to do it to stand up for yourself and fight for your rights. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. I spoke to Amar over the phone. I'm trying to imagine what you and your siblings have been going through and, and I imagine it cannot be an easy task to contest your parents' will.
3: Um, For myself and my
0: sister, who's uh, uh,
3: just a year and a half older than me, it was not as difficult a decision as it was for my two older sisters. They uh, really struggled with it, but in the end we came together and decided that it was the right thing to do. Our parents' estate was built by our entire family. Like, we came from India in 1964. My parents had nothing. So we started uh, working in the farm right from a very young age. And it's hard for people to believe, but at four or five years old, we were picking berries all day. And we started with 10 acres, then we bought another 20. And at the high point of our farming, we were farming 145 acres. And all of us contributed to building that estate. So with reference to us contesting our parents' will, it wasn't that we were asking for a handout or that we sat back while my mom and dad worked. And then in the end, we just said, you know, hey, we want some. We want everyone to know that my mom and my dad worked so hard for everything that we have. And all of us worked hard.
0: So why is it, do you think, that your parents wrote the will the way that they wrote it? Well, you know what? When
3: we found out what was in the will, my sisters and I, we never knew what was in our parents' will. My brothers were aware of what was in the will. And we were really, really disheartened, really disappointed because... Our whole lives, my sisters and I, had to, to fight for any recognition we got because we were girls. And we were constantly reminded growing up how lucky we were to have two brothers. And there was no flip side to my brothers being reminded how lucky they were to have four sisters. So we struggled for recognition, and we got recognition for working really hard and when each of us saw what was in the world, we were really disheartened because we'd struggled our whole lives for fairness and were hoping that at this point there would be some fairness and there wasn't.
0: What was it like for you? Sorry. No, no, please take your time. Um I yeah. I imagine this can't be easy and, and your story your story's really important. I think it's important to yeah. to all women. But I think it's also very significantly important to Indo-Canadian women. When I spoke to your lawyer, he said, I have Indo-Canadian women coming into my office all the time to talk about wills. Very, very rarely do they ever go to court because of so many cultural reasons and you know reasons that all women can relate to. There's a, a stigma attached to disputing a will. Yeah. So I think that what you've done is is really important to show other women yes, there is unfairness that can occur, but you can challenge that.
3: Yeah, and and you're correct. There is stigma attached to it. There are some people that will say it is absolutely wrong what you were doing. But on the flip side of that is there are also people in our community that gave us a big pat on the back and said, you need to do this. You need to do this. It's the right thing to do. So yeah, it's both ways. And yes, yeah, this is very important for Indo-Canadian women but it's, I think it's um, important for everybody, right? If, that everyone should be treated fairly, whether, you know, whatever your sexual orientation is. Like for me and my family, you know, marrying out of my race was a huge thing. And all those things, if someone does that and you are discriminated against because you choose to live your life and make your own choices, you need to fight for yourself. We never fought for our for fairness when we were growing up. We just took it as that's life. We are the girls and they're the boys. Because they got they got praise, my brothers got praise for being born male. We got praise for working really hard. We never got praise because we were girls. and But, you know, we love our parents dearly. And that's the culture that they grew up in. But I was raised in Canada and I love Canada. And Canada gave my sisters and I, and the laws in B.C., gave my sisters and I the right and the, the avenue to go and fight for fairness where we had never received it. And at this point in our lives, for everything that we had contributed and everything that we put up with, to me it was a no-brainer. Yes, it was very difficult, but this was the time. And my country and my province and my court system allowed me and my sisters, to be, at last, treated fairly.
0: Do you mind if I ask, and it's okay if you don't want to answer, how are things now with your family? Do your brothers, do they support what you guys have done <laughs> and support the outcome of the case? No.
3: Um, I, I will only speak for my future with my brothers. I will personally never speak to them again because there was no need for this because my brothers knew what we contributed to my parents' estates and they were okay that they were okay with leaving things the way they were. They were okay taking 93% of the estate that my sisters and I helped build and leaving us with less than 7% to share with ourselves. And for me, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to mudsling at all. Mm. I just want to say that I will not have a relationship with them. And my sisters are all adults. And if they if they choose that, if they choose to forgive, you know, more power to them. That that's their choice, but not for me. No,
0: I'm sorry to hear that, but I don't think that you are alone in in how you feel. I think a lot of families have been torn apart by what happens in mm-hmm. the will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mr. I know it hasn't been easy. That I can sincerely say I respect what you did, and what this could mean for other Indo-Canadian women who are going through something similar to what you and your sisters went through.
3: Well, we, my sisters, and I really, really hope that it inspires other women and other people that are discriminated against to, despite the fact that uh, it is not an easy thing to go through, to to do it to stand up for yourself
0: and fight for your rights. As lawyer Trevor Todd said earlier, B.C. is the only province in Canada to have a law that allows non-dependent adult children and spouses to contest a will. About 10 years ago, that law was challenged. Some suggested B.C. should conform to the rest of Canada.
1: And about 10 years ago, uh, Wally Opal, who was then the Attorney General was asked uh, in reform legislation under the new, what's called WESA, W-E-S-A, three statutes were rolled into one and one of them was the Wills Variation Act and they wanted to do away with this right of an adult independent child to contest a will and Wally Opal stood up for it and prevailed against, the, I'm told, the entire cabinet, because his basis was that a lot of Southeast Asian women would get disinherited. And that's exactly what this case is about. They wouldn't have exactly been disinherited, but they would have got 6.3%, I think, as opposed to their brothers getting 93.5%. And they, when they wanted to do away with it 10 years ago, um, the rationale was was that we should conform with the rest of Canada. And I, amongst others, thought, We're different from the rest of Canada. They should be conforming with our law. It's equitable and just.
0: Wally Opal, the former B.C. Attorney General that Trevor mentioned, spoke with radio show host Simi Sarah, and he explained the fundamental reason why he opposed changing this rule. He did it to protect women in certain ethnic groups who are often denied inheritance.
2: When I uh, was the Attorney General, it was recommended to me by the law reform people and virtually everybody that we should not tinker around with wills. That if someone makes out a will, that is his or her wish as to where the estate should go. And what right does the state, the government, the courts have to uh, interfere with the wishes of the testator. But I know from my personal experience, particularly in this province, we're a multicultural province, There's an inordinate number of Asian people who leave a disproportionate amount of their estate to their sons and they exclude their daughters. And I just think that's terribly unfair and uh, I think there has to be more equality between men and women. So I was quite adamant about it and we decided that we would retain the right of a person to contest a will where that will affects people unfairly. And that's what happened in this case because there were six siblings mm-hmm. and uh, each of the daughters got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the nine million dollar farm went to the two sons and the judge uh, judge adair grappled with this and i thought that she did absolutely the right thing
0: how do you decide though how when you wrote the legislation when you were working on this how did you determine what constitutes unfairness that's
2: that's a really good question unfairness depends upon the individual circumstances of the case you still have to start with the starting point. As always, you have to you have to uh, adhere to and respect the wishes of the person mm-hmm. who's making out the will. But often, as in this case, it was patently unfair as to what was done because the judge found that the the women, the girls, contributed significantly to the growth of the farm and to the estate. So she did what I thought was the right thing by reapportioning what was done. And I think at the end of the day, fairness was achieved.
0: So then if you, lots of people think they're wronged though, Wally, right? Especially when a a parent dies, lots of people, children think that that's not fair. I didn't get X, Y, Z. But how do you, how do you apply the law to uh, say, you're right, you didn't get. Well, you don't always
2: win in these cases. It has to depend on the individual circumstances of the case. The facts in this case were pretty flagrant, you know, $150,000 for each of the four women while the sons got the uh, large part of the estate, and the judge saw that. So it doesn't work in every case. I mean, I do some of these cases now as a lawyer, and I also mediate these cases. So there are enough of them around to know that, that, that uh, where there is an indication of fairness, the courts will step in. The courts will not do it. In all cases right uh, the uh, courts do respect the wishes of the person who makes the will but here uh, i noticed that it's an inordinate amount of people in the asian communities particularly in the south asian communities who don't always respect what their daughters have done in accumulating the estate and that fairness has to be achieved through the courts unfortunately
0: There's no indication that a state law in the rest of the country will change anytime soon. But this could be a conversation that we start to have more often. According to a study by BMO Investor Line, we're about to go through the biggest intergenerational transfer of wealth in Canadian history. So what do you think, knowing what you know now, should a person be allowed to contest a will? or should the will writer's wishes be upheld no matter what the cost to those left behind? This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and myself, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can download, subscribe, or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcast from. Give us a rating and a review. And if you'd like, you can send us an email too at thisiswhy@curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.